Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America. Happy Friday. Yes, we made it through another week, but hey, next week, buckle up. It's election week. Yep, it's here next Tuesday, November 8th. From midterm elections, control of Congress will be decided. And we've got some great weekend programming. We're going to do a whole Sunday special on the election, get you up to speed on that. But today we're going to have two fun voices. As you know, the economy is a major, major factor in this year's election, people upset with inflation, high gas prices, supply chain shortages, grocery shelf shortages. Now we have diesel shortages. We've got one of the great economic analysts in the country. I love having him on. He's been right about every aspect of the Biden economy. He is Philip Patrick from Birch Gold Group, one of our great sponsors. He's going to be here for the second segment. We're going to talk about what's going on. Hey, what was that GDP thing about? GDP went up, but every other sign seems to be suggesting the economy is going down. Philip Patrick is going to make sense of what happened in the latest economic reports, what to look for ahead. Are we, should we be worried about this diesel strike? Should we be worried about food shortages? Should be worried about the continuing quick, rapid rise of interest rates, which are making home mortgages and car loans so more expensive, maybe out of reach for some Americans, particularly young Americans, working Americans. We're going to have all of that with our good friend, Philip Patrick, in the second half of the show. The first half of the show, we're going to bring in one of the fresh, young, exciting voices in conservative journalism today, Liz Wheeler. She used to have a show on OAN, and today she has a show on her own. It's called The Liz Wheeler Show, one of the brightest, smartest shows and podcasts in the country right now. We want to bring her in to talk about that weird speech that occurred Wednesday night, Joe Biden doubling down on half of America's bad Let's insult them. Let's demean them. Let's call them a threat to democracy. Let's call them liars and portray me, Joe Biden, as the arbiter of truth. That's kind of interesting, given that earlier this week they had Joe Biden had to pull down in one of his tweets because it was inaccurate. Repeatedly has said that his son, Bo, died in the battlefield in Iraq when, in fact, he died from cancer six years after he stopped wearing the uniform. And, of course, all the things that Joe Biden said about his son, about the Georgia voting law. We're going to cover that with Liz Wheeler. When did Democrats decide they had a monopoly on the truth with their own track record of falsehood in America? Uh, We're going to deal with that and a whole lot more with Liz Wheeler. She's going to have her predictions on what happens in this election. So Liz Wheeler, Philip Patrick, back to back. What a Friday news show. You're going to love it. Great conversations. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But first, a quick reminder. Yesterday, we had AMAC on. 
A lot of you say, hey, I remember you saying we can get a special offer. We can join AMAC for one, three, or five years. I did the five-year. And remind me, John, how you do that. Let's remind you how to do that. All you got to go is to amac.us slash just news. Let me give you that again. amac.us slash just news. Sign up. You're going to get great discounts on products. You're going to get special offers like on services like Medicare, insurance, and you're going to get all the political intelligence, lobbying intelligence, podcasting. You're going to get experts like Bobby Charles. You you just heard him yesterday, right? What an amazing interview. Bobby Charles, that's the sort of people you get every day from AMAC in their news feed. Why not join up? They're way better than AARP. I love AMAC. You don't have to be 65. I'm only 55. I'm joining. I'm in already. You get great discounts on products, great political intelligence, great services that can be offered to you. And you're joining a citizen army of patriots who are trying to make this country better. AMAC, all you got to do to get involved, amac.us slash just news. That's how you get in the game. Go check it out. You get a special discount because you're just the news. John Solomon reports fan. So go do that today. It's a very simple thing to do. amac.us slash just news. All right, let's take a quick commercial break. First up, Liz Wheeler, right after these messages. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. And I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. Higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So 
you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Always excited to have this next guest on one of the brightest, smartest journalists in the space today. She has her own show. She's her own boss now and has one of the really most cutting edge, smart shows that I watch and listen to all the time. It's Liz Wheeler from the Liz Wheeler Show. Liz, great to have you on. Thanks for having me, John. What a what a nice, flattering introduction. I appreciate it. Well, it's all true. That's the best part about it. You do such good work, and I think you have a way of synthesizing the common sense part that most Americans take from news, even though a lot of times the news industry gets all tied up in silliness. It really doesn't matter to everyday Americans. There's this incredible moment where five days from a major election, the polls have been clear what Americans want to hear a solution about, the economy, inflation, crime, gas prices, and then some of this extremism in the curriculum education. Those seem to be the top things that the voters are telling political leaders. We need you to solve this. And Joe Biden goes out and gives a double down on a speech that he got widely panned for in the summer, saying that MAGA Republicans are a threat to democracy. Their truth isn't true. Only my truth is true. Did the president miss all the polling? Honestly, John, you, this may surprise you, but I thought that that was an awesome speech. And the reason <laughs> I say that it was awesome, I'm actually glad he gave this speech because it's so tone deaf. It's so out of touch with his own constituency. Obviously, it's out of touch with Republicans, but it's even out of touch with his own voters. This is the most bizarre strategy ever, because who are you appealing to in a midterm election that's supposed to be very close? You're not appealing to hardcore Republicans. You're not appealing to hardcore Democrats. You're appealing to this middle ground voter, the independents, the people who voted for Obama, and then they voted for Trump, and then they voted for Biden. They vote based on which party or which candidate is promising things that they feel will positively impact their own lives. And so he's making this speech, talking to people who maybe have voted for Trump, who he's trying to convince to vote Democrat. And he thinks the best way to convince them to vote for his party is to call them racists and Nazis and terrorists and extremists. It's, it's such a banana strategy that it almost makes me laugh because I cannot think of a worse strategy for convincing people to be on your side than by telling them that if you're not on my side, you are you are the equivalent of the worst the worst type of evil in the world. People are not interested in that. They care about the 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 proverbial kitchen table stuff. Like we're all facing this inflation. Biden can't deny it. The White House actually had to delete a tweet yesterday because Twitter fact checked them. And people know that he's a liar. He they know that Biden's policies have made their day to day lives harder and it's more difficult to provide for their families. So. I, I wasn't unhappy in a political strategy way to see this speech, but I mean, I guess in a larger moral sense, it's egregious, but hopefully it'll actually help our side. One of the people I, uh, I talked to right after the speech wrapped up said, best political ad the Republicans have had all year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> 
You're right on the money with that. A lot of people are saying that, including a lot of Democrats I've talked to in the last day, like, oh, man, that's just not the speech we needed right now. Uh, it does seem like they're doubling down. And, and there's only two possibilities, right, that they've lost their base. And so they're trying to get their base back by trying the old Trump's a threat thing, which they've been doing for six years. Uh, or this White House is completely detached from reality and, and is going over the edge. And it's hard to tell which is. Do you have a theory when you look at the day-to-day operations of the administration? You know, I I think that when you tell yourself something that's not true and you're aware that it's not true, or when you tell someone else something that's not true, when you deliberately lie, at first you know it's a lie, but when you repeat it, over and over again, it changes the psychology of your mind and you start to believe there's some truth to it. And so I think that's what's happened to so many Democrats. I think when they first started accusing Trump of being Hitler and being Nazis and being a fascist and I don't know, whatever their insult of the day is, I can barely keep up at this point. I think that they were using those things to be hyperbolic. They were using those things for shock value and that they maybe didn't really believe it, but they repeated it so much that it's become the truth in their mind. And now that it's the truth in their mind, they think that just saying this to other people will gin up the same mouth, the same like frothing at the mouth that they experience every time they see something associated with a Republican, which, again, I mean, maybe you just maybe you articulated it perfectly, that they're completely they've completely lost touch with reality because that's what it is. I mean, honestly, first of all, it's not even about Trump, the midterm elections. It's about what Democrats have done the past two years. But if you analyze Trump in an objective sense, he's not even that right wing of a president, right? He's kind of right along the middle average. 20 years ago, he would have been thought of as more of a centrist type of president. But, you know, because it's Trump, because it's Trump, you know, that means orange man's bad. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. They had a whole summer to show sympathy for the economy, for the farmers, the parents, the people who had to choose between the grocery cart and the gas tank because of both prices going up so egregiously. And they spent their summer with hearings on Trump and then they raid of Trump's home. Trump's living rent free in their home and to the detriment of the Democrats because the people that are leaving the, the Democratic Party today, Latinos, reporter, uh, uh, voters between the age of 18 and 24, major change there in the polling data we've been looking at. African-Americans, suburban women who kind of crossed over for the 2020 win for Biden. They all were waiting for an answer from Joe Biden. How are you going to fix this? We'll give you a chance. Just tell us how you're going to fix it. Never offered up the fix. In fact, offers up a denial. Inflation's transitory. It never was going to be transitory. We knew that. It's worse than that, actually. If I could interject, it's actually worse than that, because it's not just a matter of Biden presiding over inflation and then pretending that it either doesn't exist or that it's going to be transitory. He actually took ownership of it and said, this is all part of the transition. Just buckle up. He basically is looking people in the eyes and saying, yes, I know I'm hurting you. I'm doing so deliberately. And it's because we decided that causing you pain and making it difficult for your family is in the best interest of our agenda. That's actually the most diabolical, most despicable thing a politician can do is just very coldly say, yes, I'm hurting you. And it's for your own good, you sorry person that doesn't know what's best for you. I will sacrifice your humanity for my politics. I think that's far worse than just than just classic lying. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And that's the most audacious thing about last night, which is that Joe Biden and the Democrats want to claim that they have a monopoly on truth. 
And they are the party that told us that inflation was transitory. That he's the president that looked in the camera and said, I had nothing to do with my son's business deals. We now know that's not true. He looked in the camera and said, my son never did anything wrong. And then we now know that his son knew since 2016 he had skipped out on taxes and owed a significant tax bill, which he just paid a little while ago. They told us in the spring of last year, oh, my God, Georgia is Jim Crow 2.0. All these new election protections are going to be racist. An Obama judge said that's not true. And the voters of Georgia are turning out in record numbers this year because they trust the system more. The Democrats have not come to grips with their own mistruths, their own lies that they've imposed on the American people. Do you think the American people remember those lies? I think the American people are a lot smarter than the Biden administration realizes. It, it, it doesn't take someone who is a political junkie like I am or a political junkie like you are, John, to see that on every one of these issues, it's a result of a deliberate political choice from Biden, right? Take, I mean, take gas prices, for example. We know that inflation and gas prices are impacted because Joe Biden refuses to be energy independent, that he's, that he's sided with the anti-fossil fuel, quote unquote, green lobbyists and refused to use our domestic energy supply, therefore not only rendering us dependent on foreign oil, but also driving up the cost of our energy. You don't have to be an economist to see that. We all see that. Every voter in the United States understands that. The same with their, their racialism and their division, their, their assault on parental rights in school. You don't have to be some diehard conservative to not want your child taught that black people are inherently oppressed because of the color of their skin and white people are inherently oppressors because of the color of their skin. And when the, when the Biden administration and the left lies about that, people aren't stupid. They can see the curriculum that's being taught to their children in school, and they don't want that. The same with this, this new narrative from the left where they claim that What's on isn't what Biden said. Didn't he say what's on the ballot this year is our democracy? He's, he's painting all Republicans as a threat to our democracy. People understand that they don't the left doesn't actually care about political violence. They made a huge deal about this Paul Pelosi hammer attack, which honestly, we're never going to know the facts about because Nancy Pelosi is the queen of cover up. We're never going to see video footage. <laughs> I know, which is actually hilarious that he's an illegal alien from Canada. But of course, you're not going to hear that that part of the story from the mainstream media or the fact that his defining characteristic wasn't his politics, but his addiction to psychedelic drugs. But not to go on a tangent here, I mean, their, their, their narrative about a threat to democracy and their blaming Republicans for political violence rings hollow to everyone because we all saw during 2020, we were locked down. We saw the Black Lives Matter riots. We saw the arson and the destruction and businesses that were just ruined, Black-owned businesses that were ruined by Black Lives Matter protesters. We saw police officers being assaulted. We saw people, these, we saw people being murdered by the rioters. We saw high-end stores just, you know, smash and grabs happening. Like, we understand, the American people, regardless of their ideology, understand that when the left claims to care about political violence, they don't. They don't care if the political violence is caused by their own side, whether it's an attack on Rand Paul whether it's an attack on that Marco Rubio canvasser, whether it's an attack on, you know, pro-life activists outside of crisis pregnancy centers and abortion clinics, or whether it's those rioters and Antifa in the streets. It just, people aren't stupid. And I think they're sick of politicians lying to them. Yeah. There's another interesting thing here. The Democrats increasingly don't want to be transparent with the American people. They don't want to participate in debates like Katie Hobbs. They don't want to sit for depositions like Anthony Fauci has been fighting to talk about what efforts he may have engaged in to silence people on social media or to give false information to people on media. 
this sudden idea that they're no longer accountable to the people that they're voting for. They don't have to sit for the job interview. They don't have to sit for the accountability interview. How does that play with everyday Americans who know that democracy is built on checks and balances? And that means answering questions when the right time comes. Joe Biden started it with the campaign from the basement. And but it's it seems to have accelerated with people like Katie Hobbs. We're not going to do a debate or Letitia James in in uh, New York, and then of course Anthony Fauci and all those who don't want to sit for the depositions also fighting it. A very strange dynamic for a government that was built on accountability to the people. Yeah, and I don't want to speak for the American people here, but at the same time, I think that this is a feeling that many, many, many people across the country have. I find it insulting when a politician refuses to go up there and debate an opponent. As a voter, we are hiring politicians to represent us. They are our employees. And just like a business owner would sit down and conduct an interview with a potential employee, we the people have a right to do the same thing with the people, with the representatives that we're going to send to represent us and protect our rights in Congress. Then obviously we can't, as every individual, every voter, every constituent can have a one-on-one sit down with a potential, with a candidate for office, but we can do that via the medium of a debate. And when these leftist politicians refuse to debate in front of us, refuse to go through our interview process, it shows us it's an indication of how they intend to ignore us once they're in office, how they have a specific agenda. They don't care if it hurts us. And they're going hell or high water. They're going to Washington, D.C. to impose this on us. The Fauci stuff, I am so grateful that so many Americans have seen the light on Dr. Fauci we, you and I both know, John, how he was lauded by people in both parties at the beginning of the COVID outbreak as just this king, as the science that he defines himself to be. But so many people are willing to be open-minded. I was saying this on my own show about Elon Musk the other day. One of the qualities that I admire the most in another person is the willingness to put your preconceived biases aside and analyze the facts and draw a conclusion based on the information in front of you instead of a dogmatic view. And I think Elon Musk has demonstrated the, the willingness to do that by his dialoguing with conservatives on Twitter and changing his mind and listening. And I think a lot of the American people have demonstrated this quality too when it comes to all of the just terrible things that were imposed on us in the name of COVID-19, the lockdowns, our business is being destroyed. We weren't allowed to go to church. We weren't allowed to gather in groups. We weren't allowed to visit our elderly grandparents in nursing homes. We weren't allowed to have funerals. We weren't allowed to take our children to the park. We were forced to wear masks. We were forced to choose between our jobs and taking a vaccine that we didn't want to take. People, even if they were fearful at first, there are so many voters in this country who have decided to put their preconceived biases aside, even put their pride to the side and say, you know what, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I didn't have the information I needed. Maybe I was acting in fear. Maybe these public health officials and politicians weren't acting in good faith. And now that I see that, I'm willing to change my mind. And I think the midterm elections are going to reflect that in a lot bigger sense than the Democrats are counting on. Because maybe as individuals, Everyone doesn't always express that willingness to change their mind publicly, but they will express that in the privacy of the ballot box. Yeah, I think that's exactly what is going to be. It's going to be a firing of all of these different elitist philosophies and elitist failures. Failure to listen to the American people, failure to follow the science, failure to follow the truth. This is going to be a watershed election, very much like, I think, 1994. There's a fun story that we've been working on. We broke up about two, three weeks ago. Congress had gotten involved in it. The Intercept and NBC News this week caught up to it. But it's a really fascinating moment where you see 
the Homeland Security Department, and in some cases, the State Department, outsourcing their desire to censor content that goes against their narrative and using a third party called the Election Integrity Partnership, which, by the way, got funding from federal agencies. Its partners did, at least. And they're out there, and they take credit for impact or creating censorship activities that impacted 22 million tweets, 20 news agencies, mine included, Just the News, and two dozen conservative influence. I think there might have been one liberal. Most all of them are conservative influencers. This idea that the government's involved in censorship and that just by creating an outsourced entity to do its bidding seems anathema to everything the founding fathers created when they created the Bill of Rights and started the First Amendment with free speech. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's wildly illegal, first of all. I, there's Supreme Court precedent. I forget the name of the case. I can look that up after this. Um, but there's Supreme Court precedent that says that the government is not allowed to coerce or use private industry to do what the government is not allowed to do. And the government is not allowed to crack down on our free speech. So it therefore follows that the government is not allowed to use a private business like big tech to crack down on people's free speech. That's illegal to do. There has to be proof of direct collusion for that to happen. And I think, I think, John, that we have that proof. I think that, you know, the Intercept, you've reported on this, the Intercept has reported on this. There is a portal that Facebook or Facebook's parent company, Meta, created where government officials, if you have a government email address, government officials can put in a request. Yep. They file a ticket. It's called a ticket. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. And they will, they will censor those posts. They will either stifle the reach via the algorithm or they'll, or they'll put a misinformation tag or they'll pull the post down altogether. That is big tech acting as an agent of the state. And if big tech acts as an agent of the state, then, I mean, with all due respect, I'm happy Elon Musk is in charge of Twitter, but maybe we don't even need Elon Musk because if they're acting as an agent of the state, then they, then we are afforded as users of that platform, we are afforded our constitutionally protected right to free speech just at the very baseline, regardless of their terms of service. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going to come of this. This morning, a letter was sent to Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas from 16 Republicans citing the work I did, the follow-up story in The Intercept and NBC News. They're identifying the documents and protecting them and getting them ready to be subpoenaed next year. Really significant part of the equation. And then there's a second part to the letter I want to get to because it goes back to our conversation about truth. They take a good poke at Mallorca saying, of all the departments that wanted to get involved in checking truth, yours is the least qualified because you, Mr. Secretary, <laughs> went out and said those patrol agents were whipping migrants when, in fact, you had been briefed just a few hours before you made those statements that that was not the case, that the photographer himself had claimed, I didn't see any whipping going on. Another example of a high-ranking official just blatantly abusing the truth um, Homeland Security, shouldn't they just be focused on protecting us from terrorists? Yeah, first of all, before we even get into what should happen to Homeland Security, as soon as Republicans take back the House and the Senate in just a couple of days from now, the, their first order of business should be impeaching Mayorkas. And then they should impeach Garland. These are two individuals who are some of the most dangerous individuals in our country. They've abused their power and they shouldn't, they shouldn't be allowed to hold even one grain of power moving forward. And Republicans if and when they win back the House and Senate, which I believe they will, I think we're going to have a Republican majority in Congress, they should immediately get rid of get rid of, of Mayorkas and Garland. As for the DHS, I was laughing about this actually with my husband yesterday because I was saying I was hard pressed to find a three-letter agency of the federal government that I don't think should be abolished, right? You should abolish the IRS. You should abolish the Department of Education. You should abolish, you know, at this point, the FBI, the NIH, all of these different places. And I was like, are, now, are we now going to have to abolish the Department of Homeland Security, too? 
because their original mandate in 2002 when they were founded was to fight uh, homeland security threats from abroad. This was like the war on terror. This was radical Islamist threats. Well, they retooled their mission for the next couple of years and their own internal documents substantiate this, that going forward, they just want to target us here at home. And I don't say that to be hyperbolic, but they're defining, quote unquote, misinformation and disinformation. So anything they disagree with as potentially exacerbating terror threats. It's like this false narrative the left tells us that our speech as conservatives equal actual violence. What the Department of Homeland Security is doing is taking that and putting it on steroids and saying, not only is your speech actual violence, your speech is actual literal terrorism, therefore giving themselves the justification to censor. In the justification documents, which we got and posted about a month ago, the Homeland Security says a misstatement, a misinformation statement, by the way, that's their definition, is an attack on critical infrastructure. That's what they're calling it. By the way, there's no legal authority to suggest that, but they've made that up. No, what did they, what was the word that they used? They said our, I forget who it was. It was that one woman. She's, a, she's like an undersecretary there. She said um, our cognitive infrastructure is now critical infrastructure. And I thought of all the creepy terms to use, she's actually positing the idea that our thoughts, like it's thought reform, right? That our thoughts are critical infrastructure. And if they don't align with what the Biden administration wants. Exactly what the Marxists did. Totally. It's so creepy. It's so Orwellian. It's so dangerous. Uh, Elon Musk, how, what do you think of his first 10 days on the job or first week on the job, I should say? You know what? Twitter is so much more fun already. I'm so happy he acquired Twitter. <laughs> you can see a difference already. I think we all wanted it to change overnight. We wanted him to come in just with a hammer and just wreck everything, wreck all of their censorship apparatus. I'm sure it's not quite as easy as that. I don't think it's going to be perfect. He's not a conservative. He's not a Republican. I don't think he's going to do everything exactly the way that we want him to do it. But, and you know, his support of Yule Ross, I think, is a good example of that. But he's very willing to listen. So I think I, like I said, I'm happy. I'm supportive of him acquiring Twitter. I have high hopes for it. I do think he should restore some of these um, accounts of citizen journalists who've been unfairly censored. And if he does that, I think conservatives will have a lot more faith that he's actually going to take on this infrastructure. But he's really he's really facing a double edged sword. He's facing these individuals at Twitter, these liberals who are using their influence and their power like Yul Roth does to actually create terms of service that reflect their Marxist ideology and then enforcing those terms of service against conservatives. So this internal thing, then he is also facing government telling him what to do, directing him who and what to censor. Um, and so he, I mean, what he's facing is not easy. I think he's up for the task, but it's, it's a wild west in there. It's messy business. I want to finish with something that caught our attention. We wrote about it about three, four, five days ago. The Atlantic, which is the intelligentsia magazine of the far left right now, it is calling for amnesty for everybody who got everything wrong about the pandemic. So when they told us <laughs> that the shots would stop transmission when they didn't test it, when they said that the vaccines would keep you from getting COVID, which they now know wasn't true. And by the way, Deborah Burke said they knew it wasn't true when they said it. Um, the, the ones who locked down schools, did all the, now they want amnesty. Like, oh, we ruined your lives for two years, but now we want immunity after the fact. What was behind that article and what do you think comes of it? It's so hilariously naive that I can only laugh. Like they, she was like, let's, let's all extend each other forgiveness for what we did and what we said. And my first reaction to this was, well, I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. You have nothing to forgive me for. So this is not an even exchange here. What happened is people in America were forced to watch their parents and their grandparents die over FaceTime in hospitals when hospitals were not allowing family members in. We were deprived of the right to have funerals for our loved ones. My husband lost his job. He's a healthcare provider. He lost his job over the vaccine mandate. Young men across our country are dying or 
suffering from heart inflammation, sometimes permanent heart damage from this vaccine, which we were lied to about. Children as young as three years old were forced to mask. People lost their businesses. They lost their right to worship. It's one thing. This is the one caveat that I will give. It's one thing if a family member, if you had a big disagreement with a family member and you want to just clean the slate and go forward because family is family, that's fine. Extend forgiveness. But personal forgiveness is very different than political accountability. And absolutely not. I will not be extending so-called forgiveness to government officials who abuse their power and hurt us in the name of COVID. We don't need forgiveness. We need a reckoning. We need accountability. And the reaction, the backlash to that article showed that the way that I'm feeling, that this, this passion and this, this emotion that I feel when they're just asking us to forget what they've done to us is felt by a huge number of fellow Americans. It resonated a lot of people say, <laughs> not going to happen on my watch. That's, that was, it was pretty funny to watch some of the people reacting to it. All right, last thing. Uh, there were two articles in the last 24 hours. I don't believe in coincidences in Washington, D.C. I've been here too long to buy into coincidences. The Hill writes an, an op-ed saying it is time for the cabinet around Joe Biden to consider invoking the 25th Amendment. Kind of funny, given all the conversation about Donald Trump's temperament deserving a 25th Amendment amendment treatment. And then the next day, the Washington Post writes a column with George Will saying, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris should immediately tell people they're not running again. Step down. Don't run again. Two sudden calls in the in the shadows of this election by two prominent newspapers that are really the voice of liberal establishment in Washington both kind of trying to take out Joe Biden from different uh, angles. What do you think's behind that? I think three words. Democrats are panicking. They know they're about to get a shellacking in the midterm elections. They know it's largely Biden's fault. They want to bring in new blood. The problem is their new blood is going to be just as bad. They are obviously going to replace Biden. There's no way he can go on the campaign trail again in 2024 to convince voters that he that he's worthy of office. Kamala Harris couldn't even couldn't even get past the first stage of the Democratic primary in 2020. There's no way she's going to be the candidate. And certainly has failed on the stage of the world. I mean, everywhere she's been sent in the world, she's had a horrible moment. It's so embarrassing for our country. I think they're just panicking. They know that they need to bring someone else in. I think it's going to be someone like um, someone like Gavin Newsom. I think Gavin Newsom is just just drooling to get to this position, but it just shows that they're desperate. Yeah, really remarkable. I'm such a big fan of your show. You're doing such great work. How do people engage you, watch your show, watch and listen to the podcast, uh, uh, follow you on social media? Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, you can follow me on, you can, anywhere you listen to podcasts, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can watch me on YouTube, or if you don't like YouTube censorship, you can find me on Rumble. You can also find me on Locals. It's my name with a blue check mark on all of those different accounts. So YouTube.com slash Liz Wheeler, Rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler, Twitter.com slash Liz underscore Wheeler. You can find me on Facebook as well. Liz Wheeler Show on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe when you do find me, I'd greatly appreciate that. It's a great idea. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. It's a, such an honor, Liz. Great to have you on. All right, folks, don't go anywhere because Philip Patrick, our good friend from Birch Gold Group, one of our great sponsors, one of the brightest, smartest, most accurate minds in all of economics joining us. We're going to make sense of GDP, rising interest rates, diesel shortages, food shortages, rising food prices, inflation, all of the colossal pressures that we're feeling in our economy today. Philip Patrick's going to make you feel better. 
you know, make you understand them because knowledge is power. And then we're going to give you some ideas on how you can hedge your bets, particularly when it comes to your retirement savings. The stuff that Birch Gold does to make it possible for you to put gold and precious metal into your portfolio. It's a really great deal. We're going to have that with our good friend, Philip Patrick, right after this commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, for those of you who've been listening to this show for a long time, you know how credible our next guest is. He has been right on every aspect of the economy. We love the partnership we have with Birch Gold Group, but it's more than just a partnership, more than an advertising sponsorship. There is such a great analytical component every time Philip Patrick comes on our show. He has been right about everything from inflation wasn't going to be transitory to, hey, stagflation's on the way. And it's always great to have him back on the show. Philip, welcome back. Thank you so much, as always, for having me, John. It is a pretty amazing time. We're three, four days from election. The economy still has all sorts of weird vital signs. And I think generally people know it's in bad shape because they go grocery shopping. And if there's shelves aren't empty, the prices are off the chart. But we had this weird report, uh, latest GDP numbers, GDP up a little bit, people thinking that's a good thing. But there's a lot of warning signs in the undercurrent of that report. Walk us through what's happening with GDP. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty surprising actually for most analysts out there at two point three percent. Not many were expecting it, and, and particularly since the Atlanta Fed were predicting near zero growth. But I think we've got to consider what GDP actually is, right? Gross domestic product is the broadest measure of goods and services produced nationwide, and it also includes government spending, right? So. As an example, in 2022, the federal budget uh, was $1.4 trillion. That basically guarantees $1.4 trillion worth of GDP growth. So we have to ask ourselves, is this really growth, right? Uh, what a lot of economists prefer to look at is consumer and business spending rather than simple production. That's a, a better measure of overall economic health. Um, these kind of sort of purposeful spending is forward-looking, whereas production is is backward-looking. So this metric, final sales to private domestic buyers, rose just 0.1%, sorry, in the third quarter. Um, Now, let's compare it to the first quarter when GDP was negative, that was 2.1%, then 0.5% in the second negative quarter. So you know, what it tells us, whatever's driven GDP growth, it certainly didn't lead to sales. So if we set aside less relevant GDP data like unsold inventories and export sales, what we see is a broad slowdown amongst business and consumer spending. And it makes sense, right? Consumer sentiment is hovering now here near historically low levels. Uh, last we saw during the great financial crisis. So all is not rosy. And I think most people know that, as you said. The Fed's ability to inject all this money into the economy keeps throwing, I think, some of the the normal indicators off, right? Because we basically have a propped up economy with all of this government spending. The other parts of the economy, though, are really starting to show warning signs. When you look at the fact that we don't even have diesel supplies, diesel powers everything from 18 wheelers that move our goods around the country to the tractors that harvest to the cars that take us to work. How is it that in this economy, we could have so much spending and yet we don't have enough diesel fuel? We may have a rail strike right after the election that could slow down distribution even more. We can't get supplies. And there are two open jobs for every person seeking a job in the economy right now. It seems like those are real signs that we have a long slog ahead of us with the economy. Yeah, these these are the meaningful things, right? People are... uh, People are feeling it, right? There was a recent report done, and it said uh, 42% of people earning uh, six figures a year here in the United States are living paycheck to paycheck. That's the stuff that's really, really important. That's what people feel. A lot of the rest of it is just spin, right? I saw the White House posted the other day. Um, you know, we've just seen the biggest rise in Social Security payments thanks to the Biden administration leadership, right? I mean, that's not why we saw an increase in Social Security payments, because of inflation, right? And what Nixon signed into power in the 70s. So they're trying to spin everything. But the reality for most Americans today is a very, very tough climate and a recessionary climate. Despite a quarter of positive GDP growth, the reality is tough for everybody out there. And the Fed belatedly now, now going up three quarters of a point every month, the fourth consecutive 0.75 or 75 basis point increase in mortgage rates. That's put the mortgage rates up over 7%. We haven't seen that in a very long time. 
And all of a sudden, new home building is going down. Home buying is going down because people are being squeezed out of the market. These are signs that we're going to have a decelerating economy next year, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the Fed still have a way to go. I think they have a target of 5% for the federal funds rate uh, by by March of next year, I believe. Bear in mind, the federal funds rate's only at 3.75%. Um, that's not high. And it feels high to everybody, obviously, because of the climate for the last 10, 12 years. But historically, it's not high. The average federal funds rate in history is 4.6%. They're going to have to go above that into restrictive territory if they want to get a handle on inflation, which they haven't yet. So I think mortgage rates have a long way to climb. And, and yeah, I think next year is going to be very tough for housing, very tough for stocks for, for that for those reasons. Yeah. And those in the, you know, the working class in the middle class, they're going to be the hardest hit because they can't afford that home. They might not be able to get that next car loan. They go to the grocery store and it's 10, 20, 30% higher for some of the staple items. If you're in that part of the economy that is squeezing you from both directions, what is the best posture to take right now? What are some of the things that a family wanting to protect their very quickly shrinking 401k can do to weather the next year or two? Because it seems like it's a two-year cycle here. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would think so. Look, I, I think the, the, the best posture today is a defensive posture, right? I, I You know, we, we've lived for the last 10, 12 years in a, in a period of growth. Everything's been going up, but we have to understand the nature of that growth was very concerning, right? We were seeing stock prices shooting up even when company earnings were staying static or reducing a lot of the time. It wasn't real growth. We created a very big bubble. Now the Federal Reserve are having to take the air out of that bubble and bring us back down to earth. So in a period like that, we have to be defensive. So what does that mean? Bonds were traditionally considered defensive. In an inflationary climate where interest rates are still low, people lose money sitting in cash or bonds. Stocks, were historically a good inflationary hedge, but when we have the air coming out of a bubble, they're going to struggle to do that. So that's where precious metals become very important today. Gold and silver were almost designed for climates like this when you have inflation. Inflation drives them up because gold and silver are commodities. So as the cost of living increases, they move to keep pace with it. When stocks crash, safe haven demand goes up in those climates. Gold and silver go up. You know, from the 2008 crash, both of them more than doubled in value after the correction. And it was driven by safe haven demand. So I think everyone needs to be thinking, how can I hedge my exposure? And precious metals, that's what they do. So I, I encourage everyone to be looking at, at gold and silver as a hedge. Heading into next year, you want to make sure you have that insurance for your portfolio. That's what gold and silver are. Yeah, the markets have not reacted well to any of the recent indicators. There was a little run in October, but they seem to be falling back into uh, hesitant territory. And that just means that 401ks that are in the traditional market investments are just continuing to lose value every day. I know people that have told me 30, 35% reduction in their IRA 401k portfolio. You guys have created, because I didn't know this until I met Birch Gold a couple of years ago, I didn't know that you could actually put gold into your retirement plans. You've created this incredible 20-page guide. I'm, that's how I got educated. 
and you've set up a really special way to go get this. Yeah, folks, all you have to do is text the word Just News to 989898. That's really easy to remember. Just News, you guys know all about that. 989898. Birch Gold is going to send you an extraordinary document. It's going to educate you on how to get your retirement portfolio into safer ground, use gold and precious metals as a hedge. When someone's reading that document, I I read it three or four times. It was so fascinating to me because I had this traditional view of retirement, how you go about saving for retirement. And this, it completely changed my thinking. What are some of the most important things for someone who's considering putting gold and precious metals into their retirement portfolio to look at and to understand? Look, I think it's just just really understanding the nature of our problems, right? Once you really understand where the issues are coming from, what the government has to do, then you realize, you know, how simple this is, right? Solutions present themselves only once we really understand the problems. And that's why, you know, I feel so fortunate to be given the platform to to, to talk on shows like yours because it, it allows us to educate because once people really have an understanding, then, then, then everything becomes clear. But there's a lot of people like myself at Birch that are there. So not only do we have... <clears throat> a very good guide that can help guide people through, uh, but also there's access to people like myself that are there to sort of walk people through the process as well. So that is a priceless assistance to have because it's a, and it, you're right, this is one of those things, sometimes things in, in the world are complicated, but this is a pretty simple understanding hedge at a time when the rest of the traditional forces that grow wealth are are in reverse. And, and hedging has always been the way that people have weathered financial storms. Philip, I want to ask one last question because there is a three or four month window here where a lot of strange things are going to happen. We have the election, could have a change of guard in Washington. Uh, there's a rail strike on the horizon. We've got the diesel strike, our diesel shortages that are really starting to cause panic in the transportation market. Uh, what are the indicators and signs you're going to be watching to say where the economy is shifting and turning in the next three to four months? Look, we've got to see you know, if the Fed can get a handle on inflation, that's going to be the biggest one. They haven't yet so far. And the markets are being driven in large part by sentiment. What's the Fed going to do, right? Yesterday, the Fed came out. They were a little bit more aggressive. And of course, the markets have come down aggressively. Every time there's a hint of dovishness from the Fed, we see the market rally. By the way, that in on itself is concerning. We have a, a market not being driven by fundamentals, but being driven by a word or two out of Federal Reserve minutes, it doesn't make any rational sense. So we got to see if the Fed start to get a handle on inflation. If they don't, we know they're going to have to get a lot more aggressive with interest rates. That's not going to be good for anybody in the markets. The other side of things, obviously, unemployment is a big one. Right now, that's looking okay. Heading into next year, I think we could see much more unemployment. I mean, Jamie Dimon himself said we could could see you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of job openings heading up, uh, opening up next year. These two things will tell the Federal Reserve they've got work to do. That doesn't bode well for the markets. Yeah, and I think Alan Greenspan, the great former Fed chairman, had a great term to talk about what was going on in the market then. It probably applies today. Some irrational exuberance. If people, if their things are going up right now, it can't be based on the fundamentals of the economy because there's a lot of warning signs. And you talk about this often. I know there's been some devaluation of companies because the market's lost so much, but we still have inflated values for many of the companies and investments that are on the market today, right? 
price-to-earning ratios today, and price-to-earning is the most important indicator of value. What am I paying for a stock? The price versus the earnings of the company. You look at the Schiller PE ratio today, it's 27.4. The average of 27.41, actually, the average price to earning Schiller PE ratio in history is 16. I've said it before. That PE ratios went above 27 three times outside of today. Great Depression, dot com, 08. And now today, so we 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 still got some 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 work to do for sure because there is still a a fairly sizable bubble in the markets. That's such an important one. That's one you've trained us all on to keep an eye on, and it's still in that danger zone, which I think is another reason for people to get to a safe position and hedge on gold and other things. So, Philip, it's always an honor to have you, and I always enjoy this conversation. Look forward to more almost more than anything in the month. And so, thank you for joining us. We're going to keep you on short dial because we're going to need to stay on top of these twists and turns in the economy. I'm always here and the honor is mine. Thank you as always, John. Thank you. Uh, it's great to have you on. Enjoy this a lot. Folks, one more time, if you want to get that guide, all you got to do is text the word Just News to 989898. Very simple to remember. Text Just News, text it to 989898. You're going to get started on an incredible learning adventure. You're going to get your portfolio in a much safer position. That is a good thing in this very treacherous market. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back to wrap things up in just a few seconds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, it's hard to believe, but we just wrapped up another show. Yep, it went by like that. That's what happens when you have good friends like Liz Wheeler and Philip Patrick walking you through the news, making sense of difficult concepts, giving you facts, letting you make up your own mind, and giving you options and products like that incredible 20-page guide that Birch Gold Group has given everyone so they can prepare better their portfolios, hedge against inflation, hedge against a declining stock market. What a great concept. I got the guide. It's one of the smartest things I've read over the last few years. It really prepares you. I didn't know you can create a retirement fund, 401k IRA with precious gold as one of the assets. That's one of the things that Birch Gold Group does for you. And remember how you're going to get that. Just text the word Just News to 989898. Text the word Just News to 989898. You're going to get all of Philip Patrick's wisdom and all of the great wisdom of the Birch Gold Group in a 20 page, no obligation, free guide that really gets you up to speed on how precious metals can be integrated into your investment strategies. A lot of fun. All right, folks, have a great Friday evening. Enjoy that weekend. Go yonder. Remember to vote Tuesday's election day. 
do your civic duty and vote for whoever it is that you think can save this country, make this country better. Go do that. Get ready for that on Tuesday, November 8th. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow. we got a great show on Saturday. Some of the top voices in Arizona. That Arizona slate of candidates, yeah, we're talking Kerry Lake and Abe Hamada and Mark Fincham. They're all joining us together on the show tomorrow. You're going to love hearing that. Arizona is one of the bellwethers of this election. We're going to have an election Arizona desert party on Saturday with three big guests back to back to back. Kerry Lake, followed by Abe Hamada, followed by Mark Fincham, the candidates for governor, attorney general, and of course, secretary of state. What a great lineup. Enjoy that on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, we're going to have a election pre-party. We're going to give you some of the best oversights. Mercedes Schlapp, Dave Bossy, two of the people who advised President Trump, two of the smartest political minds. They're going to be here along with several members of Congress. We're going to conquer the election like you've never conquered it before this coming Sunday. All right. Have a great Friday evening. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now.